I'll never forget once there was a young girl that came into my office and said, Natalie, she said this, I can't believe that a woman, I never thought that a Latina could own her own business. And then she said something interesting and she said, let alone a Central American because I'm from Honduras, she's from Nicaragua. And it, it goes to show that not only did she feel from a female perspective that she wasn't good enough, but also even from being from a smaller country and a smaller immigrant population here in the U.S., she felt even smaller. And I said, yeah, of course you can. Of course a woman can be a president of their company, and you can too. And so that's part of the essence of Bowdoin. The Latinos Out Loud Podcast. <laughs> Yo, 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 LOLeros, this is a special treat, un regalo. No, it's no crisma, pero it's Christmas in the spring. This is such a gift. I've been waiting for this gift for a really long time. And the gift is none other than un chat, una charla, a chit chat with none other than the founder and president of the Bowden Agency. Natalie Bowden is here with me on Latinos Out Loud. Natalie is a friend. Natalie is somebody who I've seen and last I saw was at the Latina Equal Pay Day event put on with Las Poderistas, who Ironically enough, Natalie, I have a call with right after this today. Um, so it's just amazing to have you here and to have seen you live. Uh, it's almost a pity that you're in Miami and I'm not. Um, I wish I were there so badly. Then maybe we could have gone to the beach and, you know, catch a show at Mangles or something. That's okay. But we'll, do it when you, we'll do it when you come. We'll do it when it's... you come and visit. We, we can do un abrazo, un abrazo virtual. Fuerte <laughs> through Zoom. You guys, LOLeros, we are hugging so hard right now through Zoom, and it's felt. Oh. I hope you guys felt that too. Natalie, it's a pleasure. It's so really nice to have you. Before we get started, LOLeros, you guys know I'm very visual, and what I'm seeing is not only the beauty of Natalie, but artistry behind her. Atrás de ella es como arte. I see Frida Kahlo. I see lots of brand stuff. So before we get started, let's paint the picture. Literally, can you tell us what's behind you, Natalie, and sure, where you are? Sure. And first of all, it's it's awesome to be here. Thank you, Rachel. I love your podcast. Me encanta la energía that you just brought. It's woken me up this morning. Me encanta. <laughs> este, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Eh, y por cierto, que hay mucho mango. I have a mango tree right out of my house. I'll have to send you pictures of it. It's in full bloom. So aquí vamos a ir a la playa. We'll eat mango, Ooh, anything you like. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, me encanta. I miss like down southeast, the Caribe. I really miss it. I feel at home there. And what is all that party okay. behind you? I'll tell you what's what's behind me. Um, we got a couple things. We have a picture of Frida Kahlo. We have someone who, who I admire and whose who's poderosa magic like lives through all of us every day. We have a painting of a, of a beautiful Afro-Latina artist um, that I bought on Calle Ocho. We have Ooh, a picture. I love uh -huh. that. See, it's on, on, there's a day on Calle Ocho here on Fridays once a month where there's a lot of street art. And I, saw, I bought it from the, a beautiful artist um, who was painting. Um, and and Kemahayaka, Akiai, we have the cans, the Pepsi cans that we just launched to celebrate Latino music. The, the ones behind me are Norteño, Banda, 
reggaeton. It's all about the diversity of Latino music. Those just launched. I'll send you some if you want. Con mucho gusto. I would love that because you can see I love commemorative cans. I, ah. I won't say the brand I'm showing right now, but it's a biggie small can that I will never open. I don't want the content. I just love what this stands for. And I'm sure those cans are also going to be collector's items. Uh, so I would love a six pack of those Pepsis. Absolutely. See, see, there's only 400 of them. So I will I will send one to you. Oh, exclusive. Tenemos el Chapulín Colorado. Behind it, we have Bad Bunny. That was it. It says Natalie because that was a cake topper. Benito was featured on My Birthday Cake last year. So there he is. I love it. Who doesn't want Bad Bunny on top of their cake? The real thing or una como model like that you have there. And a couple of awards. Best Place to Work award. You know, the Hall of Fame award. A couple of other things just... Oh, look at how could I miss? And we've got Bullseye. The Target Dog, everybody. Bullseye, the Target Dog, who I love so much. He's like our Spuds McKenzie. Remember Spuds McKenzie from back in the day? He's like the new impactful dog that is so associated with the brand that we just love it. And we love the brand because of it. Wait, I want to rewind. Natalie, awards. Awards. Let me name a few. Because that's a good time. I, I Maybe, I know you do PR, but can I do your PR for a sec? Uh, I'm not accredited to do this. But I will say that Natalie's agency has won so many awards. LOLeros, pay attention. Not just industry awards like Ad Week and PR Week's Top 40 Under 40, which Natalie was a winner of. Recipient of PR Week's 2020 Hall of Femme. If you notice, Natalie said Hall of Femme, fame, but femme is a play on that word. And boy, do we love plays on words here at Latinos Out Loud. Huh, love that. And so many other words like awards, like best place to work. How important is that? Eroeleros, think about the places that you've worked. Oof, I could name some atrocious ones that would never have been given that award. But how? what an honor. It is to have your employees feel like they're at a place that's award-winning for their atmosphere and how, uh, you know, people evolve in their careers at your agency. Can you just shed a little bit of light on some of those awards? And I know I, I, you know, put a lot of context into that last one, but tell us why. Why is your agency so award-winning? Sure. And thanks for that. By the way, you said you're not accredited, but you did a very, very nice job. So thanks. Um, I think I would like to focus on the the Best Place to Work Award. Um, You know, one of the most important things for me, honestly, is to continue to invest in the next generation of, of talent in our industry. Right. We want a place where people can grow, um, where they can become we call champions where they can be atrevidos and atrevidas. Uh, yes. we, call, we call the Bowdoin uh, essence to be atrevido and atrevida, right? To just go for it. I, I'll never forget once there was a young girl that came into my office and said, Natalie, she said this, I can't believe that a woman, I never thought that a Latina could own her own business. Mm. And then she said something interesting and she said, let alone a Central American because I'm from Honduras, she's from Nicaragua. And it, it goes to show that not only did she feel from a female perspective that she wasn't good enough, but also even from being from a smaller country and a smaller immigrant population here in the US, she felt even smaller. And I said, yeah, of course you can. 
Of course a woman can be a president of their company, and you can too. And so that's part of the essence of Bowdoin, to helping people understand that they have this gift and their magic no matter where they're from. And on now, the other side, we train them to be champions in our industry, the best writers, the best communicators, the best creatives. And like in any sports team, I mean, that is, it, there's training behind it, there's coaching behind it. You know, I, I always use a lot of sports analogies because I love it so much, but it is about training pa, to be a champion. To be a champion is not easy. To be a champion is hard work, is getting up when you fall. So we have a blend of both of those elements, training you to be the best in the business and training you to believe in yourself. So that's my most proud award. The, that is the, so beautiful. The, one the best place to work. That speaks volumes, not only to one's career path, but also how to live, you know, just just everything you said could be applied to both personal and career growth. Wow. Okay. I love that. Now, if we can talk about skill and finding your magic, I would like to really focus on you, Natalie. I would love for you to tell us where you did undergrad, when you found the magic in marketing and advertising, when you realized you could be this female entrepreneur, and when did you take action on that feeling? Sure, I love, I love the question. It takes me back to when I was eight years old. So my abuela, my tita, says that she was so proud of me when I was eight years old because I put a small lemonade stand right at the bus stop in Honduras, where I'm from, in San Pedro Sula, right at the bus stop in front of the house. And she asked me why. I said, well, these, these individuals are going, to be, are going to be thirsty. So she said, wow, she found, she found a, a need and then I'd sell them, and she laughs to this day. My mom's the one that laughs, too, and said, Nat, what's funny is that it was all profit for you. You asked me to buy the lemons, buy the cups, buy the water, buy everything. You had someone else make the lemonade, <laughs> but you sold it. You outsourced it at that such a young age. See, but it was, that was ingrained in me, and I worked with my mom and my dad. They had a store, and they still have a store that my brother and sister have taken over and expanded, but I worked in that store toda mi vida. Mi abuela es empresaria. My tita started with a tela business. She only went until the sixth grade in terms of education, but she was incredibly bright to this day still an incredible businesswoman my mom and dad incredible business people that started from scratch and so i always worked in the in the store and i was always selling something a baby store all things for your baby or i would make again i would outsource <laughs> i would outsource <laughs> the cake making or rice crispy treats and then i would sell them so that was always ingrained in me the the entrepreneur wow. the entrepreneurial part um you asked in terms of where, you know, where I went to college and what I studied. So I was very, very lucky to grow up in a very multicultural household in Honduras. So my dad is British and my mom is Honduran. So I grew up wow. speaking English. It's a very, it's a beautiful mix. I didn't realize that. Hello. But wow. imagine, my mom is Honduran of Palestinian descent. Wepa. Very, very big Arab community in Honduras. Um, and then my dad is British and quintessentially British, as British as Cadbury's chocolate. So I grew up in this household that that was really multicultural. And we spoke business at the at the table at night. And my dad would ask, "Do you know what's going on at the Gulf in the Gulf War at the moment?" And it was those sort of conversations. So I was really lucky. 
So when wow. I came to the U.S., I, I studied here. I went to FIU. I studied English literature and photography. I've always had that sort of that creative bit. Other than selling, it's been about creativity and storytelling. You know that right after you graduate, you get an OPT here in the U.S. You get one year to find a job and work with a work visa because I didn't have permission to work. You have this one year. And I just I tried to find a job got my first job and my second job and what was your first job I'd love to know about your first second job see no my first job straight out of college was working I couldn't find no one would hire me because I only had this one year visa so I was applying for teaching positions I was applying because I had an English lit major I wasn't even sure which way to go I applied for teaching positions, I applied for everything, and I didn't get a job until I got a job at a tennis, like a camp. It was a tennis camp at a Jewish community center. I was so grateful. Wow, Mazel Tov! My dad is Jewish, by the way. Talk about multicultural mix. I resonate because we are the United Nations melting pot smorgasbord of uh, Eastern European Jews and Dominican. That's a beautiful mix. Imagínate, I'm of Arab descent. A Palestinian. I'm working at the JCC. It was a wonderful job. While I started to intern, I finally got an internship at an ad agency. And from that ad agency and that job, I got my first job, $18,000 a year at an agency wow. here. I was on top of the world. <laughs> I remember leaving that first job in my little Chrysler. By the way, it cost $10 to fill the tank in those days. Oh, my God. Imagínate. Dating myself. I'm dating myself. $10. <laughs> and I remember leaving and seeing, like, the skyline, the Miami, leaving my first day on the job. Like, I made it. I made it in the U.S. I have my first job. Love that. It was <sighs> hard to get, but I didn't stop. Like, I would literally walk into the offices and leave my resume physically, you know? And until, you know, that they, when they gave me that job, she, she literally said, you were politely persistent. <laughs> What Which a is, great phrase. I also appreciate the alliteration, but yeah, that's great. Yeah, politely yeah. persistent. That's mm-hmm. a, I relate to that. Politely persistent. I said, I just, I just, I didn't stop knocking on, on doors. So that was, yeah, that was my very, very first opportunity. And, and then I got an H-1B visa, which gives you another three years to work here and, and so on and so forth. It was, but that was the, the most difficult step to just get your foot in the door. And I appreciate that today. I mean, it's all full circle because today at the agency, we sponsor H-1B visas. And, wow, and, and we help others who are coming here to the U.S. and looking for that, that same dream, honestly. Don't want it to sound cliche, but for that same dream to stay here, work here, and live here. Right, and to share the opportunity that you yourself took advantage of when you were getting your start. I, that feeling of fulfillment is probably like no other, and you continue to do so. Okay, so job number one, job number two, where in the world did the idea to start your own agency come about? Because I always hear different stories of these entrepreneurs, right? Myself included. Like, where does it come from? Some people, it comes from the frustration of not getting what they want and need and desire, and, and, and would get a sense of fulfillment from their career path. So they went and did it themselves. You know, you often hear that. Or it's like, I was put in a position and I would love to hear your story. Everyone has that unique story. I think How? Definitely ingrained 
in, in my DNA was entrepreneurship. At some given point, no matter what I would have studied, I am sure of, studied or worked in, and whoever would have given me my first opportunity, I would have always thought, so how can I run my own business? So that entrepreneurship bug was in me, and there's, and it's not easy. I mean, you see it, right? They, there's that, that quote that says the, the best leaders, you know, good leaders lead when everything is working. The best leaders lead when everything is falling apart. Because as an entrepreneur, every single day there are moments in time where things are falling apart. And I think I was, I was born with that to be able to, to deal with those ups and downs. That hasn't been easy. Don't think I haven't cried or shouted or, or been upset or been disappointed, but it hasn't been easy. But that part was always in, ingrained in me. In terms of the agency, the, the, the idea of forming an agency focused primarily on our Hispanic community was something that was very, very important to me. It was fascinating to me when I came to the U.S. to see all the pockets of diaspora, of the Hispanic diaspora across the U.S. The fact that in certain pockets in Miami, they only speak Spanish. The fact that in certain pockets in L.A., they're bilingual. Uh, the, there's everything from Pilsen to the Piñata District to Calle Ocho to all of these different diverse segments within a country that is not a Spanish-speaking country. So that was fascinating to me and to be able to tell the story to the Hispanic community and help brands reach that community was something I loved. I just, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was something fascinating to me and that's where it was born. And, and, and oh, mm -hmm. Sorry, no, and, then, and then today we get to help the biggest brands in the world, not only, as I say, not only marketing to them, but investing in them. There are so, and, and you know it, you're a, you're a creative. There are so many stories left to be told still about our community that we've only scratched the surface. Right. I, that leads me to my next question, actually. I would love if you can share some of those campaigns and brands. We mentioned Pepsi earlier, or as the Dominicans say, Pepsi. <laughs> eh, so, they forget that second Pepsi. P. Yeah, La Pepsi. I'm like, I otro P. There's another P in there. <laughs> Pero I'm not a brand ambassador. I'm just saying. <laughs> eh, uh, <laughs> Hey, can you mention some other brands that your agency works with? And what are some campaigns that we may know? What are some like fun programs that the Bowdoin agency has been behind? Sure, sure. I mean, I can start. Let me start with brand McDonald's. So for McDonald's, oh, yes. there's, a, there's a couple of campaigns we have worked on. Um, one of the most uh, latest campaigns, talking about Dasha Polanco, she was in, in that campaign for us. She's a beautiful spokesperson for us. Yes! Puerta Doradas is the name of that campaign, Golden Doors, and it's a campaign focused on helping Hispanic students attend college. It's a scholarship program called ACER, and the entire program, the creative program, was taken to all of these high schools to inspire students to go and apply for the scholarship that they are again going back to the magic that they have that magic that they can they can do it they can get a scholarship and go to college and we called it Puerta Doradas the campaign Golden Doors because it opens Golden Doors of Opportunity so that they were actual doors set in different campuses high school campuses across the country that these students could open and then you'd get the QR code and Dasha Polanco wow. was our spokesperson that that's one of the campaigns I'm, I'm most proud about. Um, I'll tell you the other one I'm proud about, back to Pepsi, 
Uh, PepsiCo, we launched their $50 million investment in Hispanic small businesses. The name, the visual identity, the entire campaign was developed by Bowdoin, and it's called Junto Crecemos, right? Together we grow. That entire initiative helps bodegas, restaurant owners, and carnicerias. Help, they help them both grow their business and sustain their business with both grants and training. And it's one of the most beautiful campaigns we've worked on. And a sub-campaign, and you're going to love this one, and a sub-campaign <laughs> of that focus on Latina entrepreneurs we developed called Jefa Owned. So the Jefa Owned initiative helps Latina entrepreneurs because of all of the challenges that we have that are very specific to our culture, that are specific to many different challenges from access to capital. We developed it and it's called Jefa Owned because again, that Jefa ingrained in, in us Latinas. And we launched that at NASDAQ. So we brought all of these women to the NASDAQ bell and we rang the bell together it's huge bodega owners no se me dicen los pelaget goosebumps when i talk about it we launched the nasdaq bell and we we lit the very first jefa own sign so we developed a neon sign jefa own like an open sign in a restaurant but it's jefa own so you can put your sign outside of your door and we lit that sign at nasdaq <sighs> the jumbotron had everyone on it um, and it was a very, very special moment in campaign for us. So I would say those are two of the, I could go on and on and on with a couple other campaigns. How about one more? I, in comedy, we do the rule of three. Dale. Maybe one more. <laughs> okay, dale, dale, one more, one more campaign. Well, I'll tell you the one we just launched, the one that you saw with, with the cans. We launched the, the Pepsi cans, celebrating Latinos in music and their diversity, and we launched it in the metaverse. So oh at, my about two weeks ago, you could go into the metaverse, get a class, a dance class by Bo Casper Smart, who is one of the most incredible Latino dance choreographers and artistic directors. You'd get a class with him on how to dance banda, how to dance norteño, how to dance salsa, reggaeton, and you could apply to get the cans sent to you. And there were 400 cans, and we there must have been like 6,000 applications to get the cans, um, and it was a huge success. And it goes back to the diversity of our, of our community, Latino music, and we didn't even scratch the surface. Those are four genres. There are many, many more genres, and it really placed Pepsi at the center of culture, Pepsi the, the beverage, ese otra. No, yes, no Pepsi. We're gonna be here all day. <laughs> Talking about wow, campaign. well, shout out, shout out to Pepsi, because yes, you can. Okay, see what I did there? Yeah, can I love with it. the can. And I'm so excited to get these cans, too. I feel so honored. Uh, wow, Natalie. Okay, this LOLeros, do you hear passion colliding with career, colliding with community? It's a beautiful Venn diagram. Okay, uh, it's just when all of these collide, and you can call that what you do for a living. That is extra special, almost like those cans of Pepsi, which leads me to my next question. Why is entrepreneurship so important in our community? Let's focus on the Latinx community. Latina, E, O, E, X, Y, Z. We're all inclusive here. But why is entrepreneurship so important in our community right now? It's, it's ingrained in our community, especially as an immigrant community to the U.S., 
it's ingrained to, to go for it. It's ingrained in us to build businesses together, small and large. I think it's incredibly important. Now, economically, we contribute $400 billion to the economy as Latino entrepreneurs. And if we had even more access to capital and more training, we'd be able to contribute another 100 into the economy, another that's the truth. million in jobs. So there's, there's the part that's economic. You invest in Latino entrepreneurs, you're investing in the growth of the US economy, but also socially. As Latino entrepreneurs, and I see it, I saw it with my tita in Honduras, saw it with my parents, and I see it with all of the entrepreneurs we support through the PepsiCo Juntos Crecemos program, the owner of the bodega in Chicago, the owner of a restaurant in LA, it's a, it's a so, there's social power in it because we invest in our communities. So the business that we get, we end up investing in our families, our community, uh, the continued growth. So investing in, in entrepreneurs here in this country and Latino entrepreneurs specifically is investing in both economic and social growth for the entire uh, country. So it's, 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 it's something that's incredibly exciting. It's, it's a segment that needs support and, but with that kind of support, just the, the magic that can come from that is, is really substantial. It's another topic I could talk about for a couple hours. <laughs> well, I said it earlier. I really wish I were down in Miami because there's such a connection here. Your spirit is just so shining bright, like brillante. It's just incredible how much experience you have. We could literally do case study by case study, and each of those could probably be an episode. Uh, maybe we should consider you know, the Bowdoin Agency podcast or, or some sort of fun programming. But I have many more questions and I only have a few more minutes. Um, Natalie, I'll tell you a little bit of personal. When doing comedy up here in New York City, it's a really severe underrepresentation of women, specifically Latinas. Not a lot of Latinas in sketch comedy and improv. And, you know, we're growing. We're out there. We're busting our you-know-whats, you know? And, my, and shout out to all the girls doing stand-up out there, also killing the game. But I recognize that there was this void. And so I started an all-female show called The Hilarious Show. And we've been around since 2018, blessing the off-Broadway stages here in New York with theatrical, with improv, with hip-hop improv, with girls on ukulele singing about their racist grandmothers, like all this comedy and bridging the gap. And and, and that all-female magic, I have so... It is incredibly, I talk about it on this podcast all the time, that P power, when we are together, we're writing, we're, we're in the dressing room, running lines with each other, zipping up each other's dresses while doing so, and, and you know, costume changes, it's just a magic, and then we hit the stage, and it's like, you know, the beautiful sportsmanship, you know, like after a baseball game, everyone's like, good game, good game, good game, good game. We're like, hugs, like, great show, great show. Like, it's just a magical energy. And there's a question coming, I promise you, te lo juro. Um, but there's a magic in creating that and being around all females that are like me, that think like me. And the world knows the Bowdoin agency is mostly women. Was that strategic on your part? You know, and you were also, you won with that best femme uh, place to work. I'd like to know what the strategy is behind that. I hope it's similar to the hilarious show, but I'd love to hear it in your words. Well, first I have to go sh watch your show. That's definitely Bang! something that I need to Please. do. Bang! <laughs> Please. Please. And, and 
Everyone is welcome. It's not just females. Okay, the females are on stage and all those that identify with female are the show. But everybody in the audience, it's no matter how you identify, please come. And maybe one day we'll bring it down to you. We're hoping to go to LA and all these other places. But it's not about me right now. I just wanted to make that female connection because I know that magic. Ay, it's so beautiful. Ay. There is um, definitely in terms of our of our our magic at the agency, it's definitely diverse. So I tell you... In short, we hire best in class. And there's a couple of things that I look out for always. There's definitely that sense of atrevido and atrevida, atrevide. That sense of wanting to go for it because that's what we've always done. And number two is really great leaders. Great, great, great leaders. I mean, you need a leader behind you, beside you, to take you to your next level. And we need great leaders in terms of all the creative work that we do as well. So that that's number two. But we hire best in class. We just hired Manuel Del Carpio from VML YNR, one of the most incredible creative agencies. Our new president of the company, Sara Garibaldi, comes from Ketchum, from Omnicom. So for me, it's about best in class and those two attributes. At the end of the day, really what makes us different is the fact that there are very, very few, just like you just said, in your world, there are very few Latina-led, women-owned, minority-owned creative communications agencies in our world. Most are global agencies, especially those working for the global brands. Most of them are global agencies. And what we pride ourselves in having the, the culture and the creativity and the speed and being dynamic like an independent with the best in class of a global agency. So that's what makes us different. Diversity is at our core. We were born diverse. You know how all those companies at the moment are saying, and we increased our diversity by X percent, and they're trying uh -huh, to get that number, uh -huh, uh -huh. Right? which is a great thing. It's a great, it's an absolutely great objective. We don't have it. We were born diverse. We don't have to move the needle. We are the needle. So I think mm. that's what makes us very, very unique. It doesn't matter where you're from, what gender you identify from. We are going to make you believe in yourself, like I said at the beginning, and do great work. We are the needle, people. You heard? <laughs> Natalie, uh, someone drop a mic after that. Okay, uh, but not yours and not mine. These are too expensive, no, no, no. so no, please. No, no, no. And Carlos... Your IT guy in the back is like, no, 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 don't drop the mic. Don't <laughs> listen to Rachel La Loca, please. Okay, uh, we've got to wrap up, but I have one or two questions left that I feel are, are important. I had about 50 left, but I'm going to narrow it down to two because I respect time, and I know you got to go out there and continue to kill it in just a few more minutes, um, probably on another meeting. Um, so, Natalie, what is your favorite part about working at the Bowdoin Agency? What are some of the favorite things you love to do, love to see? I'll, I'll tell you my first, and not in any particular order. The ability to come in every day and build stories and mine for stories in our Hispanic community, for me, is something beautiful. Whether we're talking about, like I said, a program for Latina entrepreneurs or Latina moms or Latino youth or Latinos in sports, it's, it's just the ability to build those stories and help brands sell through that creative storytelling, for me, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Can I do that every single day while running the business? Not always. Are there great teams that are dedicated to it here all day long? Yes. I love that part. And the second part is, just like I told you when that young girl came into my office and said, I can't believe a woman can run her own business. You don't realize 
that as you continue to move forward and do great things and break barriers, you don't realize they're great things. You're just going forward. And to be able to be an example to others and an inspiration, even though deep down inside we're always thinking, oh, I can do better, I should have done better, or I can do better, there are people that are watching and you're an example. You're an example that you don't have to be of a certain kind. You don't have to be a certain gender. Or you don't have to have a certain education. You don't have, your parents don't have to be from a certain place to get to where you want to go. If you want to go there, you can do it. And I think that's what I love about coming into work, is that I think just by showing up and being in a world where I'm one of the very few, people can say, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it too. Something else you did that we must add a lot of special effects around in post, okay? Please pay attention, guns, our editor, insert trumpets here. As if you weren't busy enough, you wrote and created a book. Let's talk about Sasha's Big Question, written by CEO and founder Natalie Bowden. Please tell us about this amazing, incredible book. As a mom, I can't wait. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy. And we'll, we'll send you one as well. The, Sasha's big question where the book arose, and it was just a creative idea I had, and it was sparked by this insight, that as mothers, our children often ask us, Mom, why do you work? Ay, Natalie. Oh, Natalie, Natalie. I see. Oh, I felt that. Oh, <laughs> I take don't know your why. time. I've been talking about the book for weeks, and now I'm talking to you. So, excuse the audience. Natalie's having a little bit of a cry now. But um, I, I take why. the moment like, because it's beautiful. <laughs> it's quite I don't know why lovely. I'm crying. I've been talking about the book for a while, but anyway, it's very emotional because it's in a sense. I think I, I'll tell you the reason why I'm probably crying. I've gotten such an incredible amount of emails and texts around it. And again, going back to the premise, many times children ask their moms, why do you work? And it's, um, and it's a question that many men don't get. They just don't get it. Dads don't get it. And it goes back, it's not the fault of the child, it goes back to gender norms of what a woman should be doing, a mother should be doing versus a father. So after getting that question from Sasha, that's my 14-year-old, when I wrote the book, um, she was a bit younger when I thought of the idea for the book, is I wanted to help moms answer that question for their kids. So in the book, she asked the mom the question, and then the mom takes her on this journey of why she works, everything from inspiring others to making her own money, to being an example, to help to solving problems, to collaborating with others. And at the very end, it just says that her main inspiration is Sasha is the young ah. and we launched it in support of women and moms everywhere and in support all the proceeds go to an organization called step up which is an organization that helps women and girls but never would we have thought and that's probably why I got a bit emotional that we'd have such an outpouring of support there's so many moms saying I needed this even moms with older children buying it like with 20 year olds even 30 year olds I'm buying this because I want my children to understand why I had to go and work um, it's been overwhelming it's been really neat and it goes back to storytelling in our world it's about an insight we had an insight and then we have a creative strategy right and now the book was a creative execution. So I'm happy to send it to you. 
You just let me know if you uh, want it in English or in Spanish, because both actually, are available. Please don't send me a copy. I'd like to make a purchase. I'd like to. I'd like to have the proceeds go to the organization, and I also support artists. Okay, when it comes to books, I will purchase those books, and even if the needle, right? Even if I move it a percent of the degree, I'm still adding towards the profits, and that's really important. Congratulations! This is incredible. Um, ha did everybody absorb that? Uh, what an amazing message. As a mom, I'm a mompreneur, and you see, I do my podcast for my little equinita in this apartment, and you know, I'm in my bedroom right now. On the other side is a big mess of laundry, and my kids often come and play with the mic and they ask me like are you doing your podcast tonight or maybe we could play connect four like but they don't really understand they don't equate this to like me working sometimes I have to really explain to them this is mommy's job and then that opens up a slew of questions really because I thought a job was like a policeman or like you know a crossing guard or you know a baseball player and I'm just like no mommy's job is a little different and I do a bunch of different things I don't only do the podcast I also write stories and sometimes I go and I work on commercials uh, where we sell the bad stuff and sometimes the good stuff. You know, it's really exciting when you're able to craft the story in a good way. And in this case, wow, an answer to moms who needed, like me, to explain to children what is it that mommy does and why do I do it. It's for you. It's always for them. I mean, Natalie, you know this as a mom. Everything I do is for them. The minute they came into this world, that switch flipped where the priorities shifted in a beautiful way, in a beautiful, motherly, natural way. Uh, okay, my last question. We're running a little over. I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm so sorry, but okay. this, is, this is really important. Um, I like to end interviews this way because you're living as a Latina out loud. You know, that that's the name of this podcast, Great Latinos Out Loud, but it's also a lifestyle that I encourage all the LOLeros to live and all the guests are already living that lifestyle. But I would love for you to talk to younger Natalie right now. She's out there. She's one of the LOLeros or a hundred of the LOLeros. I'm not quite sure, but I know that however you answer this will connect with her or him or however they identify. Um, what are some words of advice that you would give younger Natalie on maneuvering in this career path that you chose in what I would maybe mistakenly say is not Latina dominated, you know, like how do you maneuver? How do you, how do you confront the barriers? How do you break them down? And what's, what are some of words, uh, what are some of those words of advice that you have for younger Natalie who's listening? I, I go back, I it's a beautiful question, and, and I go back to a photo I have. I wonder if I can find it to send it to you. And I'm probably around seven or eight years old, and I'm outside our small house in Honduras, and I'm, I'm with my brother, and my brother's dressed in what a normal eight-year-old would be dressed, in his shorts and his shirt, and I'm dressed like I'm a CEO. I have a skirt, I have a long sleeve shirt. I don't know where I got the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like I'm going to work. It looks like I'm going to a corporate job in Wall Street. It is the funniest thing. When I found it, I said, Nat, so I told my mom, too, I said, how funny, this picture, ma. But what would I tell that self? Is it was the same self, because that was the same house where I sold the lemonade, is that to continue to be ambitious. Sometimes you question your ambition and you question your what continue that that little voice in your head that keeps on saying go for more go for more continue to go for that more don't let anything stop it 
But definitely, I tell her, take moments in your day to appreciate, to pause, to give perspective, to be thankful. You have to stop. I do transcendental meditation. I mean, I try and do it as much as I can on a daily basis because it's a moment to stop and just get perspective. It's 20 minutes. So I tell that 10-year-old, it's almost like a juxtaposition of both. Go, go, go. Dale, 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 pa'lante. But at the same time, take those moments. Don't wait for six months or 10 years to take that moment to sort of pause. Do it daily, poquito, even if it's just a little bit, because you need that moment to appreciate it. But, but yeah, in essence, that's what I would tell her. Just continue, continue moving forward. Y van a ver un montón de problemas delante. I think that's one of the biggest, I, we, we use a certain analogy here in the agency and we talk about the, the sea, like the sea, the business and, and world in general will always be rough. We cannot control the waves, but we'll teach you how to surf. I, I think see. it's very important for surf, you need a great coach and great materials to surf with you. Have a great coach, mentor, leader, boss, and you have great material, whether it's a computer, you need a computer, or you need your mic, or you need, you have those two things. No one can control all the problems in the business world and in general. Eso siempre va a estar ahí. Might I add that you also need balance to surf, and it sounds like you give your employees that because you exercise it yourself. That starts at the top. It's so important to see the balance in order to live it. Wow. This is incredible. Natalie, I hope that there's a part two and three, and I hope we can talk about more of your campaigns. I nerd out. You know I have a marketing past. I was in corporate for a while. I work at some really great brands that I'm really proud of. Uh, out of college, I worked for Charlotte at Latina Magazine. I was a marketing coordinator. I worked at Editorial Televisa, so I would go to Miami every now and then. And then I was at People in Espanol for eight years. And I just loved it. I grew up there and experiencing marketing and learning so much hands-on and getting to experience what the consumers were, were experiencing at live events and such. It's also quite fulfilling, especially when you do it para la comunidad. Sí, no, and, I, and I congratulate you because I think, you know, podcasts like yours, Rachel, that shine a light on Latinos in our industry, on Latinas, on Latinas, and all the challenges that we're going through um, and the different ways that we look at things is really our superpower. So podcasts like yours are incredibly important. I'm really happy I could be on today. And yeah, I hope there's a, there's a part two or part three. And I have to remember to send you the cans and the book. No, I'm going to buy the book, but I would love the cans. Yes, I can accept that. Oh, I got a lot of can jokes in the can. So whenever you're ready. Uh, <laughs> Natalie Bolden of the Bolden Agency, y'all. Just Google her for more inspiration. I'm telling you. Thank you so much for everything you do. Para la comunidad. Uh, Natalie, it's great. It's really great to have you on here. I can't tell you this interview is going to just really connect with people. It totally connected with me. Thank you for shining this light on me midday. I needed this. This is sunshine and directly from Miami. I love Miami sunshine. Oh, I miss the beach. Mwah.